Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to On Deck, episode 14. I'm Bill. That guy with the fingers over there is Lloyd. Lloyd, what's going yes, on, sir? man? Not much, dude. It's been uh, it's been a bit since we talked. Um, I I think everybody is posting stuff on Twitter about Steam Deck now. It seems like uh, whenever I open my feed, that is all that I am seeing is people talking about game their games that they worked on or are working great on it. Or hey, we did some custom stuff with touchscreen for uh, for this game you might have heard of, like No Man's Sky. Uh, that's coming out when the Steam Deck's mm-hmm. coming out. It's everywhere. It seems like the whole entire internet is hyped for this thing, and I I can't wait, man. Well, I, I have to say, regardless of how the internet feels about it, I cannot stop thinking about the Steam Deck. I know that uh, Lloyd and I are recording this on the 19th. The 25th is not very far away. And that's where, mm-hmm. when we're going to get all of the, uh, like, all of the NDAs are, are going to be ripped off at that point. And so we're going to find out a lot more. So far, we just have, like, hardware stuff that we can talk about. And right. we're really looking forward to talking about that stuff. But before we do, we want to thank our supporters. And Anthony Talcott sent in a super chat during the last episode asking what our first MMO on the deck would be. Uh, he said for him, it's probably Elder Scrolls Online or World of Warcraft. Um, so first off, thank you, Anthony, for uh, sending in the super chat. We really do appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And that does support the channel um, for me. It's going to be Final Fantasy 14. I've actually like I've been subscribed. To, I, I feel like hopefully my wife doesn't watch this, but I've been subscribed <laughs> to Final Fantasy 14 for the past couple of months and I haven't touched it because I've been playing other games and I keep thinking, well, maybe I'll maybe I'll play next week. And so I don't cancel my subscription. But I know that as soon as I can play that thing on the Steam Deck, it's absolutely going to be one of the very first things that I put on there. So for me, it's definitely Final Fantasy fourteen. What's your first MMO that you're going to play on the Steam Deck, Lloyd? I, I'd like to play Final Fantasy fourteen. I've never played that game, but apparently you can't buy it unless you already own it because it's too popular. Well, um, that's not true anymore. They they, not they anymore? changed okay. that. Yes, thank goodness. <laughs> I, I was when I heard those those news stories. I was thinking back to uh, when WoW first launched, and uh, and that Blizzard was basically saying, "Take all the boxes off the shelves. We cannot sell any more copies." It was such a a wild time for MMOs, but to to see see that happening for an older game just because of a of a new update was was pretty pretty intense um for me i I don't know man i i I haven't spent a lot of time in uh, mmos for the last little bit elder scrolls online i devoted hours and months uh to that game (laughs) when i got when i got deep into it and uh that'll probably be the first one i play um i'm not sure which one of these are going to be super playable on the steam deck so as we get closer to launch i'm sure some more uh, more RPG or MMO focused blogs are going to come out and start talking about the different ones that are fully playable, what what the issues are. Uh, but it will probably be ESO for me, if if any, just because I already own it and I don't have to go uh, try to buy it um, and not have the vendor sell it to me. Although the vendor now will sell uh, Final Fantasy 14 to you if you want to buy it. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm very interested in seeing how the trackpads can make playing an MMO different because Mm. like i've used the steam controller to play like final fantasy 14 it doesn't really work very well but that game has fantastic um what's the word i'm looking for uh fantastic uh controller inputs already like it's designed with a controller in mind but the thing about the steam controller is it doesn't have all of the things that a regular controller has it's limited in that way, but the Steam Deck, it's going to have everything that a regular mm. controller will have. And on top of that, the other stuff. So I think that there's a lot of people who are going to find very, very interesting use cases for those trackpads that won't be the main way that they interact with the game, but definitely sure. one way that they interact with the game in order to make the game more playable. And, and Elder Scrolls Online is another game that has really, really good 
um, controller design because it was designed with controllers in mind. Um, right. That that game, I'm interested to see what people are going to do with the trackpads. An MMO that I'm going to try on it that I've I've kind of been unhappy with is Lost Ark. Lost Ark is a really right. interesting game that definitely appeals to me. But the controllers, uh, the way that the controller works in the game is kind of a huge pain, and I don't like it. So uh, I'm right. looking forward to trying that out when you have all of the options for inputs that come with the Steam Deck. So that's definitely one yeah. that I'm going to try as well. Definitely. It's going to be interesting when uh, people have their their hands on it and they're able to play around. And I, I'm thinking like specifically for MMOs, the ability to change kind of like your hotkeys that are on your D-pad just by like, swiping up on on the touchpad or whatever like mm -hmm. different control methods like that to give you um the the, the functionality of playing with buttons if you want to be a button player which you probably are if you're buying the steam deck uh, but then using the the gyro or the touchpad or the capacitive sticks to do different things to kind of make a, a game that maybe shouldn't run amazingly well on a controller run amazingly well just by customizing and switching things around so um there's going to be so much time tinkering with this thing which um i mean pc gamers that's that's kind of what they've been doing that's why i moved away from pc gaming because i my day job is tinkering with computers and i didn't want to do that when i came home um but now i kind of want to tinker again so uh you're bringing me back in valve uh you're, you're making me do the thing i didn't want to do <laughs> that's true uh I, i'm running into that same issue uh just this morning i was playing i've been playing a lot more pc games lately because with the steam deck coming i've it's kind of got me more interested in playing games on my computer again and so this morning i installed i don't know hw monitor or something i was like i wonder where the bottlenecks on my system are where do i need to upgrade things and like, that's something I have not bothered with in a long time. The last time that I upgraded something on my PC for gaming was a really long time ago. Almost all of the things that I upgrade on my PC have been for content creation and not right. for gaming. So Valve is like, I don't know how, but they've somehow made me interested in like, Maybe picking up a new video card when I really don't need one for content creation, <laughs> but just to make those games that I am playing when I'm not on the Steam Deck, when I'm at my desk, just a little bit prettier or just a few more frames per second, which is completely not what I'm used to. Uh, right. Anyway, uh, Anthony Talkett, thank you very much for the comment. Speaking of comments, we had some comments come in from the last episode. Now, I didn't put any of these comments... Uh, in because I had forgotten about them. But Lloyd mentioned something at the beginning of the show, and it reminded me that I wanted to talk about Moonlight. And I don't think there were any comments that people made after the show, but I think a lot of people mentioned it in um, in the live chat. And right. so I had complained that um, the Steam... Uh, what's Steam it called? Link? What? Link, Steam Link? Steam Link, yes. I had complained that the Steam Link never worked very well for me, and the Steam Link app never worked very well for me. And a lot of people, I remember seeing this in the live chat, a lot of people had said, you have to try out Moonlight. It is a thousand times better than Steam Link. And I thought, okay, well, I'll check it out. And I installed it and then didn't touch it. And finally, I got around to trying it out. I installed it on my um, Shield TV Pro, uh, which is it's uh, hooked up via Ethernet on my home network. And I had Steam Link installed on there. Didn't work very well at all. Well, sure. once I installed Moonlight and tried that, completely different experience. It's so much better. I feel absolutely no latency. I see no pixelization, no um, artifacting from encoding or decoding. It is just rock solid. Wow. The UI for adding games to work on Moonlight is not great, but overall, I think it's really fantastic. And I can see people getting Moonlight installed on their Steam Deck and then streaming their games from um, from their PC on their Steam Deck. And, and that's going to work so much better than Steam Link. At least that's what I'm assuming based on how well it worked on my sure. home network, which 
is just absolutely fantastic. I've been sitting over on my little couch there playing Monster Hunter PC on my computer, but on my big my big screen TV over there, and it's just been right. amazing. So if you haven't tried it out and you've had trouble with Steam Link in the past, definitely check out Moonlight. That's awesome. I'm going to have to check that one out. I, I've had mixed um, success with uh, Steam Link recently. I've been trying to even a game like uh, Vampire Survivors. I've been trying to stream stream that one uh, to another laptop in my house or when I'm out of the house from my home network. And uh, it works pretty well. It, it does break down every once in a while um, where you get kind of like the slow down and then catch up as as it's waiting for data um maybe i'll check out moonlight and see if maybe that one's a little bit smoother for uh for for game streaming yeah and for me it's absolutely rock solid i just wish that the ui for adding games to it was better uh but you know what i would gladly take six extra steps in order to get it set up and then have it be just really rock solid once i'm actually playing it Um, let's see. We had a comment that came in from Richard Cervello. He said, Mm -hmm. if the SD card works as well as internal, he's talking about NVMe storage. So, um, I'm going to finish. Well, then he says, why bother modding the internal memory? So here's what Richard is talking about. First off, thanks for the comment, Richard. Um, the steam deck has three versions. The only difference between those three versions, other than the most expensive version, having, Uh, fancy etched glass and a weird case or whatever is that they have different storage options and all of the well the the middle one and the top one are nvme storage the bottom one is less storage and not quite as fast as nvme but like we've seen the previews which we're going to talk about in a little bit and people are saying really there's not that big of a difference between games that are loaded on the SD card and games that are loaded on the internal storage. So Richard is asking correctly or not correctly. He's, he's asking a question. I think a lot of other people were wondering, why would you bother to open up the steam deck and replace the NVMe uh, module when you could just get a bigger SD card and not risk your hardware? And I think that that's a really good question. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. But I think like the the question, why bother modding the internal memory? This is because some people just like doing that stuff. Like that is Definitely. what they live for. I'm not one of those people. I'm just going to get an SD card and load that in. Uh, but I can see tons of people modding the internal memory, opening that up. And, you know, we've seen uh, multiple breakdown videos and getting to the NVMe, NVMe uh, module is actually not that hard. Um, I'm not going to do it, but I think that I could do it if I were so inclined. What do you think, Lloyd? Yeah. Yeah, And and I think this is a comment we were talking about, like um, modded cases. Uh, People would 3D print their own case with a space on the back for a ribbon cable and a full size drive and things like that. Um, I, I love, um, I love kind of aftermarket mods on hardware like that. I don't do a lot of it, but I love reading about it. Um, I just find it so fascinating when someone will grab like an old, like N64 and mod a, uh, HDMI port right into the back of it, um, using weird components and, and hard soldering and stuff like that. Um, the, these things that we're talking about for the steam deck obviously aren't as crazy as that it's replacing a plastic thing and putting a ribbon cable. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, for most people, um, they're going to buy steam deck 64 gig, 256, whatever they're buying. And they're going to add a 256 gig, uh, SD card because they found it on Amazon for super cheap. And that's going to be perfect storage for them. Uh, for me, I, I bought in at the lowest tier with the slowest drive, not really realizing that I couldn't move my pre-order up or down that list. So down the road, probably not at launch, but maybe six months later, I may want to increase that internal storage. So I'm, so I don't have to swap around multiple SD cards. And that would be when I'd look into modding personally myself, but from all the previews, just like you said, Bill, it sounds like the SD card is fast enough for what most people want to do. Um, I, that is that is a viable solution for most people. Just buy a bigger SD card and then don't worry about, um, I don't know, possibly breaking your system by opening it up and and moving around small little components. Yeah, and we'll get to the previews and the and the teardowns and stuff in a little bit. Um, I, we also got a comment that came in from Josh in 1206. 
they asked, are you guys planning on getting extra accessories for your uh, Steam Deck, like screen protectors, a protective shell around the unit, a bigger case, etc.? Uh, I'm not going to read the rest of it, but you guys can all read uh, what they what they're planning on on getting uh, on screen right now. Uh, so, Lloyd, are you planning on buying that stuff? I I don't I don't think so. Uh, but then I saw the thing we're going to talk about next, and I kind of want it uh, mainly just because of the company that is making it. Um, so we'll <laughs> get into that right away. I'm bearing the lead right there. Um, I'm I, I don't think there's a lot of accessories for the Steam Deck that I'm going to need. Um, I, I like uh, Josh and's, uh third paragraph about uh, a small backpack case designed for the deck, but big enough for all this other stuff. Th- those seem really popular when new hardware comes out. I can remember when the Nintendo Switch was new, uh, there was a bunch of different companies that were selling individual uh, backpacks that were meant for a Switch and some accessories and things like that. Uh, that same sort of stuff will come out for the Steam Deck, I'm sure. Uh, for me, I, I think the the case that it comes with is going to be good enough, though. It, it, from what I understand from people talking about it, it's it's hard-shelled, uh, not crazy hard-shelled, but enough that it's not going to get get collapse down when you put it in a backpack or whatever i think uh valve including that is uh is a blow to all the third-party manufacturers that love to make all these mm-hmm. really good cases for launch uh because valve thought of it themselves just to just to put it in with the device that is coming out from their factories so um yeah for me not a lot um but i'm sure there's going to be a, a large mod community and uh uh, you can probably make this thing as uh, god-awful as the old Game Boy with the magnifying glass <laughs> and the light and the speakers and all the other things, um, but uh, but you probably won't need to. <laughs> yeah, uh, for me, uh, I am going to get a tempered glass screen protector. I have one on my Switch. My son has one on his Switch. My wife, my uh, everybody in my family has tempered glass screen protectors on their Switch. Now, on my phone, I don't put one, uh, but... For some reason, I feel like like my phone is only in my pocket and only ever by itself. It's never, ever with something else. And right. I've, I've had a scratched screen on a device before, and it was really distracting and yes. irritating, and I hated it. And every time that I used that device, I looked at that scratch, and I said, I cannot stand that that's there. So I'm definitely <laughs> going to get a tempered glass screen protector. Those are usually super cheap. You buy them and they come with multiples. So you put one on and then if something happens, you can take it off and replace it. Uh, So that's definitely (laughs) something I'm going to get. We move on to Project Kill Switch from dbrand. We saw a lot of people, well, or we saw speculation based on things that that dbrand was tweeting out that they were going to do a complete shell replacement I never bought into that. I don't think Lloyd Lloyd did either. But what they're doing is this weird enclosure almost Mm -hmm. and it looks cool i don't know that i would want the the steam deck to be any bulkier than it already is it's already a pretty hefty device um so i don't know that i would want to add to it but you know having not put it in my hands yet i don't know i think that this looks uh definitely interesting are you interested in uh picking up project kill switch which has the best name ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it for what it is. Uh, probably not something I'm going to buy, although I am tempted just to reserve mine for the $3. They're doing the same reservation system like Valve is doing, uh, which is which is kind of cute. I love dbrand as a company, so whenever they put out something like this, I'm interested, if only just to check it out. Um, this is good. Uh, my only issue with uh, with a case like this, or, or with a, a outside case a protective case for the steam deck itself is that now it won't fit in the case that the steam deck comes with so you're going to have to then buy another case maybe this comes with a case who knows there's still three question marks out of five um for things uh for the built-in features um that are coming with this device so anyway uh this i'm sure we'll find out more about this in the in the coming future uh, very, very, um, very, very soon, I'm sure. But uh, this looks pretty cool for people that are thinking of using the Steam Deck as like a portable screen for watching videos or whatever. Having a kickstand and stuff like that mm-hmm. is really nice. Um, personally, I, I probably will not buy it, but man, I, I love to to read about it. I, I love dbrand so much. I don't see myself utilizing the kickstand, um, no. especially because it, this the Steam Deck has built-in controller. Right. And so there's a lot of games that are on PC 
that will only recognize one controller. And unless Valve puts in a way for you to turn off the built-in controller in order to use a third-party controller, like maybe you bring your Xbox controller with you or whatever, right? and then you sit down to play it, you you can't, you may not be able to actually use a, a secondary controller as your primary input method, which would mean that the kickstand wouldn't really be super useful unless, like Lloyd said, you're just watching a video on it. So mm-hmm. that's something to be aware of, although I, I think that this thing uh, looks really cool. The Another accessory that I think that a lot of people, I don't like them. My son loves them. I know a lot of people swear by them, and that's um, like thumbstick caps. And yeah. if somebody makes capacitive thumbstick caps that will pass your capacitance through to the the thumbstick underneath, then that might be something that a lot of people buy. And, and if you're one of those people, let us know in the comments down below on the YouTube channel. Sure. Uh, are, are you a thumbstick cap guy, Lloyd? I used to have a pile of them because it seems like every device that I bought, um, like a case or whatever, would come with thumbstick caps. I had like 18 sets of Joy-Con caps that I've never once used. I used to have them in a pile here just to mess around with like as a desk toy i must have put them away because that pile isn't there anymore or maybe i lost them all who knows i i hate them on controllers though i don't like having the the feeling of something on top of the joystick moving around a little bit which to me gets in the way of of how good i can control things um but i know people like you that swear by them and love them and put them on every single controller they have so yeah hopefully there'll be some compatible caps that will work with the capacitive uh, thumbsticks. Yeah. And just to be clear, I don't like them either, but um, and if, if they do make capacitive caps, then the, <laughs> and I talked about this on the show before, but then the case that comes with the steam deck probably won't close on it because the, the, the caps are too tall. So if you buy those, you're also going to have to buy another case. So if you get the kill switch thing from D brand, and then you buy the capacitive uh, thumbstick caps, and you got a case, now you've got a whole new device. And uh, yeah. I think that a lot of people like doing that stuff. They do. They do, for sure. All right. Before we get to the actual previews, which came out the same day as the previous episode, it just so happens that that we release our episodes on Monday, and that's the day that everybody who got their hands, like they actually have a Steam Deck or two, in hand, um, <laughs> we're able to start talking about the hardware side of things. Um, I, I did ask during our last episode because the last episode came out after all of the uh, previews were out, even though we had recorded it before then. And I asked, "Are you more hyped, the same amount of hype, uh, or or less hyped than you were?" before the previews and 72 percent of people said based on the previews they are more hyped now than they were before the previews so lloyd i'm passing this question to you are you equal more or less based on what was said in the previews from uh like gaming nexus uh the fox and uh ltt yeah, I I watched um, the first video I checked out was LTT's uh, video and was completely blown away with how well everything was running and just how ev- how good everything looked. And uh, my hype level reached unheard of levels. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I expected the initial previews to come out um, and people to say, you know what, it's a decent device, <clears throat> even though we've read comments from a bunch of different developers that said it's super solid. It runs the game. Great. This thing's going to be huge. Um, to have people come right out of the gate and say that this thing this thing works better than I thought it would, and I already thought it would work really, really well, and here's why, uh, was really great to see. So super smart of Valve to kind of release uh, a few uh, a few tried-and-true uh, channels um, to get their Steam Decks early to do these previews, because um, it was great to see not not your normal like digital foundries or or other big ones that, uh, that kind of take apart all the new... Um, the new hardware, um, both physically take it apart, but also uh, take it apart um, it, with all the different features and talk about all the features and how everything is performing on this new device. It was good to see some some smaller channels get some access to this uh, because that's 
a type of content you normally don't get from from the bigger um, media channels. So it was really, really good to see. And for so many, so many videos to come out and be all positive on top of all the developers talking about how good the device is for their games. Uh, I couldn't help but be way more hyped for this device than I was prior. Absolutely. Now, did you watch any of the um, well, actually, I'll, I'll, I'm going to ask the question and then I'm going to answer the previous part. Um, did you watch any of the uh, teardown videos is the next thing that I want to talk about. But first, I want to say that I watched um, the LTT one, the Fox one, the Gamers Nexus one. They were all really awesome. The stuff that um, that Gamers Nexus and the Fox were doing where they were doing very in-depth benchmarking yeah. stuff was really, really long, drawn out where they explained every little thing. A lot of that stuff kind of went over my head because I don't. I'm not somebody who sits down and runs benchmarks on my computer. I don't overclock anything because I'm, I I don't want to break something. I know (laughs) the limits of my knowledge and I do not go past those limits when it comes to things that are going to cost me money if I screw something up. So I don't like, I just don't do that stuff. And so a lot of the stuff that they were talking about was past my knowledge. Like I would hear them saying it, I was like, okay, well, it seems like they're saying the Steam Deck performs really, really well, which is really what I care about, and that's awesome. Uh, so a lot of that stuff went past me. And for me, the one that I thought was the best, not the best video, but the one that I was, that resonated with me the most was the LTT one. And that's because he talked less about how the games performed, although he did do benchmark stuff, and they did talk about, like, there was rubber banding in Forza, uh, like that kind of thing. But mm. the things that he was talking about was more like the comfort, the sound, uh, how did it like th- they were blown away by the sound, which is not something that I expected. Although, you know, you've got these two speakers and they're separated pretty far because it's so wide. So that's very interesting. Yep. You know, uh, just the the overall feel of what it's like to have it in your hand. That's the thing that I was most interested in. And he had a quote I I can't remember the exact quote, but he said something along the lines of there's people who have said that this is going to be a flash in the pan and it's not, it's a huge deal. And he has reiterated that on multiple occasions since that video came out, uh, everybody who has had their hands on the actual steam deck has said, essentially this thing is going to be a game changer and I cannot wait to try it out now. Yep. Teardowns. What did you what did you think about those teardown teardown videos, Lloyd? I I only watched the initial teardown that Valve put out um, to replace oh, okay. the the joystick. So I haven't watched any of the newer ones. I, and I know we're going to talk about um, the partnership that Valve has um, ha- has drawn up to do some of that stuff um, mm-hmm. in a little bit. Uh, I haven't watched those videos yet, just because of um, my insane week uh, of of uh, of life that I had here. Um, but I will watch them because I will be tearing down this device uh, at some point, uh, at least to replace my drive in in six months, a year, whatever. Uh, I want to know how easy it is to replace uh, everything. I, I know Valve showed us how easy it was, but then they told us not to do it. So let's let's go to uh, like uh, other other websites that tell us to fully take everything apart and fix everything because everything should be fixable. Um, I love watching those types of videos, but usually when I have the device in hand so I can kind of picture how all the things are going. Mm -hmm. So a lot of uh, like everybody who's got one and has been taking it apart has been saying things about not just how easy it is. First off, Valve used the same screws throughout the entire machine. So it's yeah. not like on the Nintendo Switch where you got to have some weird tri-wing screw and then you got to have a square screw and then you have to have an Octothorpe screw and you got to have all <laughs> these different weird things. It's just a bunch of Phillips heads and that's it. And that's 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 first off that's awesome. Secondly, um I think it was LTT's uh where he was taking it apart. I think it was a live stream. I didn't watch it live. I watched it after the fact. By the way, we'll talk about a live stream in a little bit. Um uh, he was doing a live stream where he was taking the whole thing apart from completely enclosed to everything is in pieces. And the thing that he kept mentioning is everything, everything is clearly labeled. Like you yeah. go in there and you can see, oh, this is what this does. So when you take it apart, you can put it back together easier because everything is labeled. And I think that yeah. that's really cool. I, I've talked about my experience 
of trying to fix Joy-Con drift on one of my uh, Joy-Cons. And I took it apart and I could not get it back together. Like I couldn't get it to close all the way. Uh, I, I know that that's a build problem. But one of the issues is like I'm looking at it and I was like, I don't remember where everything goes. And I didn't film myself taking it apart. So I don't know what to do now. And I had to like go online and try and find like a step-by-step guide. And it was just, it's beyond my skill level. It was already broken. So that's why I felt okay trying it. Um, (laughs) Everything in the steam deck is labeled. So you can see, Oh, this ribbon cable goes to this thing. I can, I can disconnect it. And then when I go to put it back together, I don't have to play a guessing game, which is really awesome. It seems like, valve is definitely taking into consideration what a pain it is when you have a device that no longer works and you need to fix um you don't want to send the whole thing in it's not like when a controller breaks you can just send in the controller uh and you still have the device you lose your entire device while you're waiting for it to get fixed so this is really awesome yeah, hundred percent. I I recently took apart a 2017 MacBook Pro for a coworker. Um, their computer completely died, but um, this one still had a removable SSD. Um, one of the last models from MacBooks that doesn't have like hard soldered on storage. So to get in this device, I needed a pentalobe screwdriver, which is a rounded five point screwdriver, very small. So I had to order that, and then I needed a specific Torx screwdriver. I have every Torx screwdriver under the sun, um, including security bits and other weird bits. For some reason, I didn't have the exact one that I needed to get in. So I had to order that one that came in. And then I finally get into this device. There's two screws to undo where the SSD is. Every single screw in this device is different, different heads, different size, different clearance, different um, head size. Everything is completely different. And the only two screws that I stripped were the ones that were holding the SSD down. So I'm going to have to doctor it up somehow, take a torque or um, a Dremel, cut a cut a groove, undo the screw, because I don't care if there's filings in this device. The, the device is dead. You won't have to do any of that with the Steam Deck. Everything is labeled. Everything uses the same the same essential screw, uh, obviously different sizes and whatnot. But it's you only need one screwdriver. You can get into this device, quickly replace things and not go through the three orders from Amazon that I had to to take apart a stupid device in uh, in, in, in at my office at work. Um, this thing is much better designed uh, from a repairability standpoint, uh, which is really great to see in an industry that is quickly moving towards let's glue everything down so no one can replace anything and they'll just have to buy a new device. What's the what's the website that that like grades repairability? Uh, I fix it. Is yeah, that I fix. Oh, yeah, I fix it. Of course. Well, we'll talk about them in a second. They they did give like the Steam Deck. I think it was a seven yeah. on the replay repairability repair <laughs> repairability scale. I think it, that's from memory. I'm not positive. Yeah. Um, you know, you did mention stuff getting glued down. A lot of people have noticed that the battery is yeah. really glued down and kind of hard to remove, which yeah. is. That's too bad because the battery is the thing that you're like the battery and the joysticks is probably the thing that you would have to replace more than anything else. Um, The joysticks are really easy to get to. Um, I feel like the, the break, the, the teardown videos that I've seen, not the valve one, because they kept cutting away to like show a graphic or whatever. Um, But the ones where they just showed you exactly what they were doing the entire time. Uh, it made it, it, it made me feel like, and I think I said this in our community discord, even I could replace a joystick in this thing without any huge, um, issues because a, it's not tiny and B, <laughs> um, cause I got shaky, weird old man hands. Um, and it, so a, it's not tiny and B it's all in one module. So you just take the whole thing out and replace the whole thing. And I think that that's really, really fantastic. I think that we should probably just jump into the replacement parts right now, since it's a good segue. Yeah, Um, sounds good. All right. So steam deck replacement parts, this was post replacement parts. This would posted on the official uh, steam deck uh, or steam powered website. And they said, hi all hope everyone's doing well. 10 days and counting until launch day. I cannot believe it's this close. Uh, We have some exciting news for you to share. 
Uh, if you watched our take a look inside the Steam Deck video, a- a.k.a. the please don't do this video, <laughs> you may remember we said that certain Steam Deck replacement parts would be available for purchase. Today, we're announcing that iFixit will be one of the authorized sellers of Steam Deck replacement parts, as well as repart- replacement parts for Valve Index and VR uh, products. We are still hammering out the details and we'll be sharing more info on this soon. And in case you missed it, don't forget to check out their teardown, which they posted yesterday. Um, I, I'm going to try and remember to put a link to that teardown in the description down below so you guys can watch sure. that. First off, they sent it off to be x-rayed. And that x-ray looks so it damn does. cool. Isn't that cool? I want that as a shirt or a poster or something. Yeah, it's really cool. It's like when a, a new iPhone model, when they would first come out and there'd be x-rays available from, I can't remember which website used to x-ray all the new devices. And then someone would, would take the x-ray and make a, a perfectly sized version that you'd use as your, your wallpaper on your phone. Uh, I, I need to do that for the Steam Deck if you have wallpaper. Just cut out the little square in the middle <laughs> and that'll be the, the see-through into my my device. But yeah, I love it. Uh, partnering with iFixit, Again, like we've from day one of this podcast, we've been saying how well Valve is doing things. They're doing it the right way, the most consumer friendly, but also consumer focused way of doing things. Partnering with one of the biggest websites for taking apart devices and how to how to train users to repair their own stuff that generally isn't repairable for most people. This is huge. Partnering with iFixit is uh, I, I can't I can't say how huge this is. Um, just the fact that the platform holder is being so open with their device that they're partnering with another, another device to do replacement parts. And, and I'm sure they're uh, down the road. Maybe there's warranty replacement stuff that iFix is going to be doing. Who knows? Um, but having this partnership, um, for the release of your device is huge. I, I can't say it any other way. I know I've said huge three times, but there really is no other way to describe this. Um, I fix it is such a great resource, for people um, that buy these non-replaceable, non-fixable devices uh, to work directly with a platform holder like they're doing is 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 great news. Yeah. And, you know, again, Lloyd and I come from the world of mostly consoles. And, you know, if your stuff breaks, you are dependent on the manufacturer to get it working again. Like I have sent many a many a Joy-Con into Nintendo in order to get it <laughs> fixed. And uh, they they had pretty quick turnaround time, especially back when that the the Joy-Con stuff, the drift stuff first started. Um, sure. So even though they had quick turnaround time, that was time where luckily I had a pro controller so I could still play my games. But uh, that's not the kind of thing that you want to have to deal with. Uh, and being able to just buy the part from uh, another website is awesome. I'm curious as to what the prices are going to be like. I don't know. I don't know what a fair price is, but in the at the end of the day, uh, I do think that uh, it's fantastic that Valve is doing it this way. And I want to say about the x-rays, there's really cool things that you can see in those x-rays. Like you can see there's an extra little wire in the thumbstick <laughs> thing that isn't normally there. And that's because it's a capacitive thumbstick. And you can see the little tiny haptic motor underneath the, um, the uh, what are those, the touchpads. Uh, which I think is very cool. You can also see that they have this weird L-shaped battery. It's actually two batteries, not one battery that's L-shaped. And uh, it's just, it's a very interesting thing. And I want it as a poster on my wall, even though looking (laughs) around the room, I don't really have room for it anywhere. But it's it's very, very cool. Yeah, I agree 100%. The only thing that would be cooler, Bill, is if Valve just came out of the the the, the starting gate and said, you know what, you want to make your own Steam Deck, here's the 3D assets so you can pr- 3D print your own. That would be that would be just above and beyond, Bill. But wait, they did that. <laughs> That's right. Uh, great segue. Uh, Steam Deck CAD files are now available as well. So if you are somebody yeah. who has a 3D printer or you just want to open it up and look at this thing from every single angle, you can. Uh, they yep. have, it's all under Creative Commons license. Uh, it includes the STP model, the STL model, and the DWG drawings for reference. And you can find all of them uh, yeah. uh, right on Valve's site. It's crazy. This is crazy. 
crazy to me. So this is an industry where Sony goes after D brand for making replacement wings for the PlayStation <laughs> five threatens them with lawsuits and all this other stuff. And valve is out here saying, Oh, you want to 3d print a whole device? Here you go. Here's the, here's the CAD files. Go, go knock yourself out. Have fun people. Oh, and it's creative commons. So you can even make derivative works and, and put them up on Thingverse, and we won't even go after you for, for legal matters. Just a, a different way to run a company uh, is what Valve's doing. Yeah, I don't think that, like, I don't know how Creative Commons works for this, but I don't think you can take these and, like, turn them into a poster and then sell the poster or anything. But you can it, make your it own depends. poster. Exactly. It all depends how they're licensing it. It, it doesn't say here, and I, I didn't think ahead to uh, to check that out. They There's non-attribution. There's commercial. Okay. There's derivative works. There's a bunch of different ways to creative commons license something. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the fact that they're licensed in the creative commons means they're out there freely available for anybody to, uh, take and play or play around with and, and, and 3d print, which is, uh, way different than your company su- suing another company for making replacement plastic wings for your PlayStation five. Yeah. Uh, you know, speaking of the CAD files, you know, if we go back to say the gamers nexus preview, uh, I think that they talked about how the the design of the back of the Steam Deck is designed in such a way that it helps the Steam Deck manage the heat. And there were a lot of people who were talking about, you know, if I open this up and maybe I could 3D print a new back for the Steam Deck that would give me a little bit more room so I could fit in a bigger NVMe module, which all mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. But but a lot of people were like, well, but then you're going to lose that yeah. tight integration of managing your heat. But with these CAD files, you can probably find a way to do it that doesn't impact that at all. Sure. Because you yeah, have I, the original files and you can just do a, uh, I mean, if you know what you're doing with that, you could just do a little edit that fixes yeah, that kind of thing. Exactly. Like you, you would probably want to keep the inside of your 3D printed case the same because you want to keep those thermal channels there so that you can properly move the, the air from the bottom of the device up through the fan and then up through the top. Um, but then you can make something that just uh, touches the outside of that case. And that that would be where that expanded slot would be. And then here's the channel to run a ribbon cable to get in the bottom. Um, so, yeah, there's going to be a, a bunch of people that are way better at 3D modeling than I could ever hope to be that are going to make all these amazing add-ons and printable things. And no one's going to have to design a Steam Deck in in a CAD program initially because Valve just is giving it away. Here, go go play, go play, kids. And um, yeah, it would just, again, it, it, it surprises me, but it shouldn't surprise me anymore because Valve's been doing this stuff since day one when they announced what this product was going to be. All right, let's move on to software, which uh, on the 25th, we're going to find out a whole bunch more about the software. And I'm very, very interested to hear what all of the people who have it in their hands have to say about that. Um, There's a couple of games that, I mean, okay. So there's this website, and I talked about it on Games with Bill called, I think it's checkmydeck.herokuapp.com, where you can... Go there, put in your Steam ID, and it checks your library versus games that are verified or playable or unsupported or unknown yet. And you can see what games are of from your library are going to work. Or you can just go to SteamDB and look at the games that are, you know, one of those four categories. And Wario64, uh, who if you don't follow them on Twitter, you should follow them on Twitter because they tweet out all kinds of deals and stuff. But they... Uh, tweeted out some unsupported Steam Deck games. And I'm not going to list all of them. They're on the screen right now. But uh, these are some games that are currently unsupported. And the this isn't obviously in response to that, but that that list is going to keep changing, I think. Right. And especially once, like I see people, like I saw a lot of people who looked at this and they were like, oh, well, I don't know if I want to, bother with the steam deck then if i can't play i don't know mega man x legacy collection 2 or whatever like that they're really frustrated because maybe this game maybe ease origin is like their favorite game and they were really looking forward to playing it on the steam deck and now they're not going to be able to because it's unsupported right that that this this uh list is always going to be in flux 
That doesn't mean that you should buy the Steam Deck in the hopes that your favorite game will eventually be supported because that's always a bad move. Uh, You're just going to end up unhappy at some point. Um, Right. But keep in mind that these unsupported games could become supported in the future. And that brings me to a tweet from Pierre Lugrafi, who says that Proton 7.0 is now available. Highlights include playable Persona 4 Golden, which was previously unplayable, uh, audio fixes for Skyrim, Lloyd's favorite game of all time, and yep. Fallout games, uh, local H.264 decoding support, which is um, very interesting, and the foundation for legacy EAC support, Star Wars Squadrons and Knockout City are currently playable with EAC, with more on the way soon. Lloyd, it seems like Proton is, like, they are putting so much into Proton, and... <laughs> I mean, what what are your thoughts on these two tweets here? Yeah, like um, the unplayable games, that's disappointing. If if maybe your favorite game of all time was uh, One Piece Prior Warriors 4, um, well, you won't be able to play that. Uh, you can probably play it through Game Pass on your Xbox, but you won't be able to play it on your Steam Deck unless you install Windows. And then you yeah. run into another issue of which games won't run under Windows 10, which which games need Windows 98 or Windows XP to run. And and, and then you come into some other issues. So there's always going to be um, challenges getting um, older games running on modern hardware. Um, Proton is going to help a lot of those issues. You won't have to dual boot. You want to do a lot of things for the vast majority of games. Um, Proton is is a great group of people working together to make games playable on Linux. Um, I'm sure they're getting a lot of support from Valve right now, which is great. It, it means that the updates of Proton are going to come fast and furious over the next little bit. And I'm sure, um, like, say if, if, if you took a slice and you took like the top 50 games available on Steam, I'm sure that within six months of Steam Deck coming out, all those will be playable uh, through Proton, at least partially playable, um, because that's that's really what the uh, what, what the group is working towards right now, getting all that stuff working. So, um, yeah, it, it's interesting if it's not supported today, as you said, Bill, it might be supported tomorrow or you can just install Windows and then hopefully you won't have to go through any other hoops to get your game running under Windows. You know, the thing about installing Windows, though, and that's going to work for games that are on Steam, but are not supported through Proton. Uh, that's going to work just fine because it's going like Steam is going to be able to use Steam input. Installing those games, like if I install Windows, I've run into issues where I've gone to play a game on my PC and using the Steam controller doesn't work because it's not a steam game and yes you can add a game that's not a steam game into steam and that works but sometimes getting the extra cool things to work with the games that are not in steam doesn't always work 100 percent. and there's like these weird workarounds that you have to deal with and it's it's always kind of a kludge and not like not something that i want to really deal with and i want i'm wondering if you're going to run into issues where like you install windows and now the capacitive thumbsticks don't work, like they don't detect anymore or the gyro doesn't work anymore. Or um, like the, the touch pads won't bring up those cool steam menus and stuff. And I right. know that on the steam controller, you can add games to steam, but it doesn't always work a hundred percent the way that you would expect it to. And I worry yeah. that installing windows you're going to lose some of the things that make the games awesome on the Steam controller. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that's a total valid fear. Um, it, it It is all going to revolve around sort of the, the driver bundle that Valve is going to submit to Microsoft so that when you install Windows, it knows which drivers to pull automatically for you. Um, if those drivers have enhanced functionality where your controls on your device are handled at the OS level, not uh, like a software level that is running above the OS. Um, yeah, I could see maybe some of those problems that you've had in the in the past with your Steam controller running under Windows would, would kind of go away. Um, but this is another one of those time will tell sort of things like we until we see what the software is, uh, both the Steam OS 3.0 software and what the driver um, what, what the driver bundle and and associated software that's going to install when you install Windows. Like if you download uh, your your 
your driver bundle for a laptop. Sometimes there's specific apps that are installed for your power management and your hard drive and all those things automatically. It'll be interesting to see kind of what is installed when you do a fresh Windows install on Steam Deck. Um, yeah, there's going to be a lot, a lot of content over the next week where people are going to be uh, digging into this stuff and, and showing us kind of what Windows is going to look like, what SteamOS 3 is going to look like. Um, there's going to be like no end of content over the little bit, but hopefully some of these questions will, will start to peel away because of that. Absolutely. Um, speaking of peeling away, one of the things that I loved about the Steam controller is when Valve released, it was almost like a poster of all the different versions of the Steam controller that they tried to make. And, you know, with the top left being the first one that they tried, and then the bottom right being the one that they actually shipped. And, um, oh, yeah. And uh, sorry, I got distracted by a shiny thing for a second. (laughs) Um, They did the same thing with the Steam Deck. We have this huge picture of all of the different prototypes of the Steam Steam Deck. And there's some really interesting choices that Valve had uh, attempted and decided not to go with. And I'm looking at the here. I'm going to drop the a link in Discord just so you can see the the full version, Lloyd, because I only have like the little version in the show notes. Um, looking through this, there's one <laughs> like- to me that really jumps out, and that's it's a white one. It's on the one, two, three, four, the the one, two, three, four, fifth row, uh, all the way on the right. Okay, and it looks like they had little Joy Cons. Yeah, that were that, removable. That could- pull out yeah oh, interesting such a weird like there's such a weird design decision like i love the idea of what if this was the thing that they ended up shipping um right. do you have any are there any that you're looking at that like are jumping out at you as like that's so weird the one that i like is the one that's kind of right in the center but a one row below center it's it's basically just two controls and metal wires metal metal (laughs) rods i guess you were supposed to get a tablet and stick it in the middle or whatever um it's interesting that that was kind of their initial idea for a device it's like let's not let's not give them all the guts let's just let's just sell them controls and a cpu i guess i don't even know where the cpu would sit in this device this is really really kind of weird um but for them to put this out uh again openness that you normally don't see from a company they like to keep all of their uh their prior ideas uh locked down because they never know if they're going to want to come out with a new version that is going to feature that uh valve needs to sell this as a big poster like a like a full size like movie poster size thing uh Mm -hmm. because i'd love to have one of these on my wall as well yeah and then they have another one uh just below the one that you were talking about where it looks like the sides are removable where you could take the sides off of the device which 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 then if you did that you could then take those two sides and put them together kind of like you do with joy cons and the what's it called the joy con grip uh you could do that same thing and then you would have a steam controller that or steam controller 2 that has all of the things that a steam deck has uh which is you know the i think again the reason that the steam controller i'm gonna say failed besides the lawsuit was because people looked at it and they said it only has one thumbstick i don't understand how i can use that there's no (laughs) d-pad I don't understand right. how I can use that. I'm not going to spend money and take a chance on it. With the Steam Deck, it has all of the things that a traditional controller has and more. Uh, and like, I think that that's a really interesting idea. And it, it, to me, it makes me think maybe we will see a Steam Controller 2 at some point in the future that has all of the stuff from a Steam Deck without right. a screen. Hundred percent, and and just goes to show, like originally when this device was uh, talked about and unveiled for the first time, everyone's like, "Well, Valve's just copying Nintendo with the Switch," and everyone's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! It's just a device with controls on the side. They're not emulating Nintendo. Nintendo doesn't doesn't have a patent with a screen in the middle and stuff on the side. Well, actually, they do. They have many, but." Obviously, it's not going to impact uh, what what Valve is doing here. But when you look at all these prototypes, there's so many of them that had removable controls. So obviously, Nintendo was on the right track and Valve was going along um, that kind of mindset of how they can create a portable device. Thankfully, they decided not to have removable Joy-Cons, Joy-Con-like devices or sides that pull off like 
you have a device made out of Lego. I, I think what they came out with is a better device for all of us, maybe not a better device for some of us, like some of these weird designs may would maybe would have been. Um, but I could see Valve in the future coming out with special edition Steam decks with like removable side things and blah, blah, blah. And, and obviously they have a lot of prototypes to draw from over the, the coming years. So we'll, we'll have to see what kind of happens. I think one of the big advantages of of not having the 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 controls removable is that it gives them more room to put yeah. things in order to spread out more evenly distribute the weight of the device um you know lower the thermal um impact of the device by not having everything underneath that screen. I think that that's a, right. a really good design choice. And Definitely. uh I I like where they ended up landing although if you look at the very bottom row the fourth one from the right that looks like with the orange buttons on it. Yep. Very reminiscent of old valve stuff. I really, really like that. And uh, I also remember seeing somebody do a mock-up of one that looked like the old steam, like the one that came with half-life two, which was Mm. just absolute garbage UI design. (laughs) In my opinion, it was so ugly and it didn't work very well either. Um, but, but it like for nostalgia reasons, I thought it was really interesting. All right. The, the, the shiny thing that distracted me earlier was something that was in the show notes last, uh, last episode. And we forgot to talk about it. And Lloyd had sent me a message. Don't forget to talk about this because last time, uh, we dropped the ball and forgot to talk about it. And that's dynamic cloud sync. Um, so what is dynamic cloud sync? Here's how it works. Playing a game on your Steam Deck, you turn your Steam Deck off, it saves whatever you're doing right then, uploads it to Steam Cloud, you sit down at your PC, load the game up, you pick up exactly where you left off. Sounds amazing until you read the 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 final paragraph in the announcement for it, and it says that, uh, or uh, where, where was it? Yeah, the feature is free to use, but it's not automatic. Developers must manually enable it for your games in order for Steamworks in Steamworks and take advantage of some new APIs. Yep. So that means most games are not going to support this. And that means that I'm never going to know. Like when I'm playing a game, I'm not going to know. Does, does this game support dynamic cloud sync or does it not support it? I can't remember and so I probably will never take advantage of that particular that particular thing. And if not everybody's going to take advantage of it, then the the what's the the motivation for the developers to go back and update their game to use these new APIs is not going to be there. So what do you think yeah. about this, Lloyd? Do you think it's going to get used? I I think it will. I think most games coming out from now on are going to use it. Not every game on Steam uses Steam Cloud. Uh, A lot don't, Um, but it's free. It's like, hey, you're you're releasing a game on Steam. Let's just upload your saves. Make it nice and easy. Um, So the way that the current cloud save or cloud sync works is you actually have to exit the game for that save game to come up. So For Valve to get around the problem of having to close a game on your Steam Deck to then pick up on your PC, they had to reinvent kind of what Cloud Sync is, and they came up with the dynamic Cloud Sync, which when you shut down the game or go into a low power mode, like you put in suspend mode, your game will clean up before it shuts down or before it goes into hibernation. And part of that cleanup is bundling together your save file and then uploading it to the cloud in the background. Uh, as you said, Bill, that will require some additional um, API calls to do that. If your game doesn't already support Steam Cloud, you're going to have a lot more work to get all of that enabled in the first place. Um, but this is really going to be the best way for gamers to use this device on multiple machines. Um, obviously, it it's not needed. Um, I've had issues with Steam Cloud when, I, uh, when I'm playing games on GeForce Now. If for some reason my VM that is running my game locks up, but not in a way that closes in such a way that my, that my save file gets uploaded. Well, then I have a corrupt save file somewhere, whether it's lo- on that local machine, whether I have my data in steam cloud, whether I have it on my local machine, it, there, there's not a lot of talking about how to figure this out um, automatically. So you have to kind of make your own choice. Like I'm going to use this one. It's my local save. And then I'm going to re-upload it to the cloud. 
hopefully dynamic cloud sync will get rid of a lot of that because you don't actually have to physically stop your game in a normal way for that upload to happen. It'll, it'll trigger with a lot of different events or it'll be possible to trigger through a lot of different events, not just a game shutdown. So this is huge. Again, not every game will support it. Um, most new games will. Your old games won't uh, unless developers go back in and add it to their game. Um, but most people probably aren't going to be taking a 10-year-old game on the go on their Steam Deck and then coming back to their PC and expecting to pick up right where they left off. So it probably won't be that huge of an issue. But good development from from Valve, adding more functionality to the Steam Cloud for developers. So here's my question about the Steam Cloud save. So let's say I'm playing a game on Steam Deck. Uh, I close it. It does its little uploady thing. I sit down at my PC. It downloads. I start playing. Uh, I finish. I hit save. It uploads. Now the Steam Deck, it's still running that game. Like I didn't mm-hmm. shut down that game. That's the thing about this dynamic cloud sync is that you don't have to shut down the game. So. Yep. How does the Steam Deck know that it needs to download a new update, uh, especially yeah. if the next time that I play it, I, I like I grab the Steam Deck, throw it in my backpack and I leave the house. Yep. How does it know that that new file is out there someplace? And what happens if I start up that game? Does it then overwrite my, the progress that I had? Like these are definitely questions that we're going to have answered, hopefully, on Friday the 25th because that's when all of the software um, embargoes are going to be lifted and all of the NDAs are over and we're going to have people like LTT and Gamers Nexus and the Fox all talking about that stuff. In fact, real quick shout out to the Fox. He has a live Q&A happening on his YouTube channel. It is uh, hosted. He's hosting it and all of the questions are going in from the uh, Steam Deck Discord. There's a link in our description so you can check that out Um, because we're partnered with them. Um, So definitely going to check that out. And he's going to be on the next episode of On Deck as well. Uh, So shout out to the Fox. But like those are questions that we're going to get answers to on Friday. And I'm very, very interested in seeing how that particular thing works because I can see a million problems with uh, dynamic cloud sync where because you do not always have access to the internet, it's going to yeah. like, there's going to be issues. Uh, any, anything that you're wondering about with the software that we're going to find out on, on Friday? Uh, n- not so much. I, I want to see what kind of how everything looks uh, to use. Like we, we saw kind of the early screenshots, but I want to see how, fluid and functional the OS is. Uh, but before I get to that, the, the cloud sync stuff. So you, you came up with a couple scenarios. What if you uh, pick up on your PC and then save and then go back on your device? Well, one of the new APIs will be when the device wakes up, check to see if there's updated save data. So that'll probably be one of the new APIs that's been added. But that's not going to help you if you take your device out of the house and you're not on Wi-Fi. So there's going to have to be um, what what you see now in Steam saying, hey, the cloud save is an hour older than the current save. Do you want to overwrite the cloud save with your current one or do you want to revert to your cloud save? So that's when the user is going to have to make the uh, the decision themselves. OK, so the cloud saves an hour old. Well, it's an hour old because I saved on my PC the only reason why I have a newer one on my Steam Deck is because I just started the game. Okay, I'm going to take the one from the cloud. So there's going to be a lot more of those decisions, which is probably going to end up with deleted games because people chose choose poorly. Um, <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully that that pop up that we get right now in Steam is better. Uh, more data allows the user to make the 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 best uh, decision that they can at the time. Maybe with a with a good undo button, the oh crap I screwed up button. Uh, I chose the wrong one, uh, but I don't think that's going to be possible. Um, so anyway, that's that's the dynamic cloud save stuff that I wanted to mention. It, it would be really fantastic if when you loaded up a game, it said, "Hey, we detected multiple saves. Here are a list of them, yeah. and what device you were playing on last." And the times that those things were so like it would say uh, Bill's PC, Bill's Steam Deck, um, you know, GeForce Now, it would have all of these different places where I've saved and what times they were. And I could just say, oh, that's the one I want. And I could tap it with the touchscreen and yep. jump right in. That would be fantastic. That's what but I hope. As soon as you have a device that's not always connected to the Internet, 
you yep. suddenly have issues when it comes to the cloud. And that's something to, to, to definitely keep in mind. And I can't wait until Friday when we find out all of the stuff with SteamOS 3.0. I'm very hyped for, for that, even though I'm not going to run it on my, my home PC because trying to do all of the things that we do for as content creators is it's kind of a nightmare and I don't have a spare <laughs> PC to do that. So uh, right. definitely interesting. Um, I think that might be it for the episode 14 of 14. Yes. 14 of on deck. Uh, anything you want to add before we get out of here, Lloyd? No, like dude, I'm look. I, I keep checking my phone and it's not because I'm, I'm looking for text messages to come in, but I can't believe that is currently Saturday, February 19th. And that means that steam deck is shipping in like a week's time. Uh, that just blows me away. It felt like it was going to take forever to get here. And now we're here. And now the big waiting game begins is everybody every Monday <laughs> is going to be looking in steam to see if their estimated uh, delivery date has changed. Um, yeah, it's, it's real now, Bill. It's been real for a while, but it's real now. <laughs> I keep looking. I like, there's no reason for me to look because I know that nothing's going to change before Friday. I do right? the same thing. So I keep, but I keep <laughs> opening up steam on my phone and check like if you go open up steam and you go to the store one of the first things there is the steam deck and if you tap on that it shows your reservation point right there and i keep opening it and looking to see is it is it still quarter two or is it moved up to quarter (laughs) one it's still quarter two um (laughs) which is frustrating i do the exact same thing it makes no sense it's it's watching watching paint dry or watching a a pot of of boiling water that has (laughs) not started boiling yet nothing's going to change it's going to take a while before there's any change but we can't help it as as dumb humans i guess we're just too hyped listen if you're watching this and you got all the way through the show, first off, thank you for watching the show and hanging out with us. We really do appreciate it. Uh, click the thumbs up button. And then in the comment section down below, I want to know how many times a day do you check to see if your <laughs> spa- spot in line has moved up at all? Just let us yeah. know in the comments. I'm very, very curious uh, <laughs> just how often people are checking because I know that I'm checking at least once a day. If I'm not at work, it's way more than that. Uh, So I end up checking a couple, three times a day on the weekends. At work, I'm distracted, so that doesn't happen. But at home, I'm always looking. The three options we'll put in the poll are once a day, (laughs) twice a day, 27 times a day. Because I think those are the three (laughs) options that that, uh, people are running into here. All right. 27 times a day. (laughs) (laughs) that's it for today's episode of on deck uh on episode 15 we will be joined by the fox uh and and it'll be after the 25th so the embargo will be lifted and he'll be able to tell us all kinds of stuff about the steam deck uh and so make sure that you subscribe and all that stuff and come back uh for next time lloyd tell everybody goodbye all right everybody take it easy very little time to go until you get steam decks in your hands if you're lucky but until next time we'll talk to you here on steam deck next week or on deck next week. I screwed that one up, Bill. That's okay. We're going to leave it in. Yeah, my brain hurts.